The nail in the coffin! It's the nail in the coffin, part of the world-famous Evergreen Podcast Network. It's the second week of March, which means the Mid-American Conference men's and women's basketball tournaments are in Cleveland, which means it's time for us to welcome back our old friend, Ohio University Athletics beat writer, Jason Arkley. Jason, what's up, man? How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a long, hard year for everyone in the world ever since I talked to you last, and uh so, yeah, this is another reminder of that because, uh, again, just 12 months ago, we were wondering if this was going to be a big deal, and, and uh, here we are now, and we know the answer to that question, don't we? No kidding, man. It, uh, yeah, I was thinking about that today. This, this week really marks one year. I think it's all hell broke loose. You know, when you and I talked, we were kind of in that in-between phase where I think the MAC was still planning to play the tournaments last year just without any fans, uh, and then, of course, you know, we find out a couple days later that everything's canceled. And uh, I think that was really what I would say was probably our first big sign of just how serious this was all going to be. I know I've got a lot of memories from that week in particular, but I'm curious, like, what do you remember? You were in Cleveland at the arena, right? Correct. Um, things that, that stick out about this week one year ago, uh, it's Wednesday night. I had just just been in the in in Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Sorry, I got to remember the name here. Uh, <laughs> but in the Cleveland Arena on Wednesday, uh, Women's Quarterfinals Day, and that was done. And it was Wednesday night, and I'm out with some friends eating at a taco joint close to the arena. Everyone probably knows what it is. Uh, <laughs> but we were but we were there eating, and uh, the news comes through about Rudy Gobert and the video of him goofing around and touching everyone's microphones as he gets up to leave a little press availability. And um, there was one guy at our table who was making jokes about it and a couple others at our table who were like, oh, no, this is bad. This, 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 this is a sea change. This, this, is, this is where it goes off the rails. And so there was speculation all night. We get into the arena the next day. Will Ohio and Akron play? Won't they? Well, they, they're on the court warming up. They must be going to play. No, they're not. And, and then uh, John Steinbrecher had his presser right there before noon, and, and it was done. It was over with. It was, it was a surreal feeling, and it was one that you weren't quite sure how to deal with because you had never seen anything like it before. And how quickly it went from something you could joke about 12 hours earlier to, okay, the tournament's done. Okay, every tournament's done. Okay, March Madness is over. And the world is shut down. And, and how quickly that all transpired is just just amazing to look back and think about in retrospect. Yeah, I remember that that week, early on in the week, I think the Ivy League was probably the first organization to really cancel anything. And I remember my co-host Travis saying, uh, the Ivy League, those are the smartest people around. If they're pulling the plug on their events, that's probably a sign of what the rest of us are going to be doing sooner than later. And then, you know, I think it was that that Wednesday night, uh, the NBA game in Oklahoma City got canceled like right before tip off. And and I remember the the PA announcer there made this really cryptic announcement that was like, um, no need to panic, everyone. But uh, tonight's game has been canceled and we all need you to leave immediately. 
it was like, oh, that doesn't sound good. And then, uh, you know, I, I think ESPN had the Wednesday night game in Dallas and they got footage of Mark Cuban sitting courtside. And I went and looked up this clip. You can look, you can find it on YouTube now of like, they got his reaction when he found out that the NBA was uh, going on pause for at, at the time they said at least 30 days. I think it turned out to be about four months, but his reaction, he'd like doubled over in shock and then like fell back in his chair. Like he had gotten shot or something. And, and uh, yeah, then, you know, the world changed after that. So crazy times, but um, you know, that was really just the, uh, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious, you know, you've been at this a long time covering <clears throat> OU. Uh, how has has your work changed and, and how, have, you know, what you've been able to do and, and you know, covering the teams, how has that evolved over the last 12 months? It's It's been challenging. Um, uh, again, for, for a period of time, you, you weren't sure there were going to be sports at all throughout the rest of 2020, right? So there was, you know, uh, the immediacy of the tournament being postponed and, and quickly the the decisions came, no spring seasons at all. Spring football was shut down and, and everyone just kind of put a bow on everything for about two and a half months. And, and during that time frame, I, I was, uh, I was let go from my full-time work. So, so that's a big change right away. Right. So uh, I'm put in limbo and trying to figure out what I want to do. And, and as it got closer to this fall, I was, I was decided, I was deciding whether or not to, to continue to pursue uh, sports writing and covering the Bobcats because like like most locations in the MAC, it's it's a coverage desert. Uh, <laughs> there's there's not a lot of full time people providing coverage on MAC institutions anymore, and I thought that was a that was a niche I could kind of carve out uh, for myself. So I, I decided to go through with it. Okay, well, are they going to have sports? Well, August comes, season's canceled. You, you again, limbo is is probably the word I would use most often to describe the last year. Uh, but but once the Mac reversed course and came back online and, and said, okay, we're going to ha- try to have football. The, the day-to-day coverage of, of a program of a, of a team is just, it's, it's distanced. Obviously you're, we're, we're not supposed to be witnessing practice. We're not supposed to have any personal interactions with, with players or coaches. Everything is done through, uh, through electronics. So it's, it's hard to gauge uh, you, you forget how many things you pick up in conversation just from body language, just from, from reading a reaction to something you said, just, a, just a, the way someone tenses their shoulders when you bring up a topic. You forget all those little interactions from interpersonal communication. And so, so for me, I, I'm, I'm left trying to flail a little bit in terms of interviews, a little bit like pin the tail on the donkey. You're, you're trying to find something that interests the, the, the subject while at the same time is something they're willing to talk about. And you don't always get those cues that you would face to face that you do electronically. So those, those are some of the challenges and some of the issues I've had this year. And, and you're obviously missing out on tons of little news and nuggets, things that you don't, you don't pick up on from, from being around the team every day. Have you talked to any players or coaches in person since all this began or, you know, when you say you're doing everything electronically, like, are you doing everything electronically? I've seen, I've seen a couple assistant coaches at a grocery store. I'm shopping <laughs> at the grocery store. They're shopping at the grocery store. So, you know, <laughs> Hey, how you doing? How's this? How's that? Uh, but, but that's, that's been it. Um, it's, um, 
Like even you, like I, skulking I, around outside the Kroger <laughs> there or something. No, no. I, you know, I'm there doing my thing and, and they're doing their thing. And, uh, it, it's been that way with a couple different athletes too. I'll, I'll wave hello to someone in, in the Kroger aisles, but, um, in an official capacity, no, it's, it's either been on the phone or, or through a, through a zoom kind of deal. So that, that has been, that's, that's been hard. Uh, you know, as it, we're in the communication business and I think there is something definitely lost in translation when all the communication is done this way. But, but again, we're, we're not special in that way. Everyone's trying to, trying to deal with this and, and, and doing it the best they can. I'll be very interested to see if at some point, when you know we get past this and you know the the positive cases go down enough that things you know start opening up a bit more and you know get enough people vaccinated and and the outlook for society as a whole is in a in a strong enough place where we could get some sort of sense of normalcy if um you know how much of the old way of doing things in the sports media business come back like i got to imagine at least on some level even if they wouldn't say it outright per se that you know college athletics programs probably don't entirely hate the fact that they don't have to you know do as much of the uh you know answering to you and and you know your your fellow uh, uh media members who are uh, you know covering the team and, and getting all those scoops and, and getting information and you know asking tough questions I think two lasting effects from, from the last year will be there will be less availability for players and athletes on a day-to-day basis, and that's whether that's collegiate or pro. I, I think you're going to see that trend continue. Uh, franchises and programs have learned that they don't have to open things up. They can do things the way they want to do them, and, and I think that will not it will not serve the readership very well. Um, but but again, that that's that's a trend I don't see reverting back to the way it used to be i think things are going to be much more structured in that regard and on the other side i don't i don't see many outlets paying for travel anymore uh it's it's maybe it'll become more affordable after this passes but but again by and large most outlets have been able to get by just fine with with having people doing what we're doing now and and working remotely so i think on-site coverage will be at a premium moving forward and and as such i think media relations from from professional and collegiate organization uh franchises with media will be will be a you know will have a different feel will be structured much differently than they were pre-pandemic sure don't you know that you're a grown-up i'm a grown-up me too yep me too but you know these days being a grown-up can really suck luckily we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation we had video arcades and also some of the best tv and movies ever made we lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics the list goes on and on yep generation x exactly and we're gen x grown-up every week the gen x grown-up podcast explores media tech toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) You know, the other thing that uh, I, I think about a lot with this is you, you mentioned there was like the decision made that, you know, the, the Mid-American Conference is going to have a football season 
And I think, did they decide that before or after the Big Ten? I feel like those two were kind of on a similar timeline. That, that was after Big Ten. And the reason, the reason that I, I remember that is because the Big Ten players were doing their thing where they wanted to have a season. And you could almost see it uh, organically trickle down to, to Mac-level players uh, on social media. And, and they're saying, well, you know, why, why can they have a season and we can't? And, and so once, once the test became affordable enough for the scope and scale that the testing had to be done to have a season, then, then the Mac kind of said, okay, well, we think we can do it now financially. Let's, let's do it. But yeah, it was, uh, it was the big 10 reversing course first. And then the Mac saying, Hey, let's, let's, let's investigate this. Let's see if we can do it because the concept and, and, and promise of spring football seemed really tenuous back in September. Sure. But at, you know, at the same time, I was like, okay, yeah, we're going to go for it. We're going to have a season. And then, Ohio played what three games? Three games, uh, and two of those games were seven days apart, right? So they so they opened the season, play six days later, and, and then had, you know, I'm trying to do math and the calendar math in my head, but they basically had five weeks left to to play four other games, and managed to get one game in, um, and, and that's that's what that that's what will happen when you're trying to play in a pandemic and you're trying to navigate. Uh, contact issues that are just impossible to to mitigate completely when you're talking about a sport like football when you're talking about a roster the size of football when you're talking about college kids in general and to me I I was I was shocked that there was not more more games around the league uh, canceled because of COVID testing Um, not because lots of kids had it but because of the the spider web effect right the the contact tracing like one guy like like we saw last weekend with the barber story and the NBA all-star game, like it can, it can wedge in anywhere and it can, can really fracture your team. And Ohio true only had three of their six games played. And a lot of that was again, due to contact tracing where entire chunks of the depth chart or position groups were eliminated because they were in a, in a group meeting with this guy who knew a guy and and he was infected and, and, and so on and so forth. See, this is why I'm my own barber. You know, no, I, well, you, got, I have not, you make it easy up there too. <laughs> that's right. I, I've not had a, a haircut in a real barber shop since my sophomore year down there, uh, Carsey's barber shop on court street. And, uh, God, it's been probably 20 years now, if not longer, Whew, feeling a little old all of a sudden, but, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, the thing is though, I don't think Ohio story in football was entirely unique. I, that's probably on the low end in terms of number of games played versus other football programs this year. Um, but you know, in the issue, in the big, in one of the issues, go ahead. Ohio had Mindy Mac team had was giving the late start. You had fewer weeks to make up postponements on the back end of the schedule. You were, you were, you were bracketing yourself in for six games in seven weeks. And if you had hiccups, well, they, they were going to be lost. And that's, that's what happened to the Bobcats. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's been a similar challenge with the, uh, the basketball season here. Uh, tell me about, uh, about the OU men's team. Cause they're scheduled to play on Thursday. I believe they've got Kent state in the first round or the quarterfinals. And we're not a hundred percent sure who's actually going to be available. And I don't think we're going to know until like tip off. Right. Right. Uh, we won't know. I I'm sure Jeff, bowls uh, coach has an idea but but again a long story short i'll try to make this brief but ohio had a three-week break for covid uh test 
positive test, uh, contact tracing, returned to play, played three games in, in uh, eight days, and was scheduled to face Kent State in the, the final week of the regular season, had one more positive test, two more uh, players caught up with contact tracing. So they missed that game a week ago Tuesday. Uh, that game was, was canceled. That, uh, a road game at BG on Friday was canceled. And so in theory, you know, if the timetable lines up, that one player with a positive test and the two players with contact tracing will not be available for Thursday's quarterfinal game. Now, no one at the university has said who those players are, and so there's some, some wiggle room there when, when you don't commit publicly the, to players' names to, to test, testing positive or contact tracing that you can say, well, they, they saw this guy on this date when that's when this calendar actually started. So mm. long story short, we really don't know. Uh, we know that Ohio will most likely be without at least one player because of positive test. But again, you look at Kent State, and they may be without one of the best players in the league and Danny Pippen for who knows why. Um, that, that's a whole different story entirely. But Ohio has been a team that's struggled to find rhythm and consistency all year long. They've looked good in stretches. They've looked bad in, in short, short one-off games against Akron. They had an awful outing against Toledo, against Kent State the first time. So uh, I don't know what you're going to get. Uh, this is a team that's played three games in five weeks. And uh, to have any idea about what they may be capable of or incapable of uh, this week in Cleveland is, is beyond my ability to project. Yeah. I was going to say I was, the, the university had an alumni event on zoom here about an hour before you and I talked and I, I jumped on there. They, they might've given you guys the real scoop. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, coach Bowles was talking with Russ on there. Uh, Russ Eisenstein, the, uh, the voice of the Bobcats. And uh, the one thing that he said that really jumped out at me was that the other day the team had their first five on five in practice. It was the first time in over a month, right? which just kind of illustrates just how thin the ranks are there. Um, so yeah, it's, and you mentioned it's tough to get any sort of consistency. Well, of course <laughs> you're not playing at all. Uh, you know, you, you get three games in, in 30 plus days I will say the uh, before the most recent shutdown here, I wiped out the last week of the regular season. I, uh, you know, they they got those three games in, and the first two of them uh, looked fantastic. So, uh, and then wheels kind of came off against Buffalo, but um, who knows? And, uh, you know, maybe that and was Buffalo, symptomatic. Yeah, and Buffalo has been doing that to a lot of teams around the league, though. Of late, uh, they their depth is ramped up. Their athleticism looks to be in good shape, and. They've had a period of time now of playing together and working together, and and they seem on as tr they seem as locked in as any team in the league right now. Buffalo. Yeah, so Buffalo's the the two seed. They get Miami on Thursday, and I'm just looking through some of these other brackets or these other matchups in the in the bracket, and I uh, got Toledo and Ball State. Toledo, the uh, the number one seed. Uh, been a while since that program has. Uh, won uh, or, or won the conference and made March Madness. Um, yeah. I can't even remember. Yeah. Todd Kowalczyk, longtime head coach there at Toledo, has not been able to get the Rockets into the NCAAs. And they've been so good for so much of this year. You, you look at them and you, you wonder, well, if, if the Rockets can't do it this year, then then when will they? they they've got good leadership in the backcourt. Uh, one, one of the most efficient offensive teams in probably league history. Um, and they do it. They can. They can do it from three. They can do it in transition. They don't like a big, proven 
uh, wide body in the lane, but but ev but everything else they've been pretty good. They've been really good defensively uh, in terms of efficiency. Marion Jackson has been an all you know an MVP type of talent all season in the MAC and and a, a veteran decision maker that'll get you into good spots. So I like Toledo, but but again the 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 MAC tournament's always tough to to forecast. And again, until they actually get to Cleveland and get on the floor, you know they they may be hit by something. Uh, they've been yeah. lucky and gotten through so far, but you never know. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I feel like a lot of years this tournament's kind of wide open, and especially this year with, you know, so much uh, mystery, uncertainty, whatever you want to call it, in terms of who's actually going to be available for all these teams. Um, and, and, you know, I, I mentioned that Toledo hasn't gone to the NCAAs in, in I don't even know how long. Having said that, you know, that's a good program. I feel like that's one of those teams that's in the mix every year. And, and you know, you and I were talking before we started recording. Um, you know, I, I've, I mentioned that I try to go down to the championship game every year, and I feel like I've seen them a lot. So they've been on the doorstep quite a few times. Yeah, and, and Coach Kowalczyk has had a couple of near misses in Cleveland. Uh, he's entered as the one seed. I think this might be his fourth time. I, I probably should double-check before saying that out loud. But he's had some best teams in the league go into this event before and, and not finish it off, not get the job done. And uh, so he, he's due, that program's due for a breakthrough, and uh, they're on that short list of contenders every year, and, and this year was no different. Uh, one one Ohio note for you is maybe this will push them over the top is the, an assistant on staff now is Walter Offit, who of course has uh, big game experience, tournament experience as the Bobcat and is, is regarded as an up and comer in the, the coaching circle. So he, he joined Toledo this off season. So if they break through, you can use that and, and beat your chest about the Rockets needing a Bobcat to, to finish the deal. <laughs> Well, if anybody knows how to get it done in March, Walter Offit is the man. I uh, have a lot of good memories of him during that Sweet 16 run in 2012. I cannot believe OU has not been back uh, to the NCAA since then. It, impossible to to think that after you know what we knew about that team, uh, you know, with how many guys they had coming back. But I guess that's all ancient history. Now, uh, let's talk about this year's Ohio team a little bit more. You know, it's it been hard to get a, a real read on him but uh, Jason Preston point guard uh, certainly went on uh, a little bit of a media blitz I think in in December it yeah. nearly pulled off the upside at Illinois I remember sitting down and watching that game on a Saturday afternoon played out of his mind and I think that was the first of probably 50 times I got to hear his story uh, and and how he got to Athens but uh, for those who have not been watching OU as closely this year as I have uh, fill our readers in or our listeners. So, so Jason Preston is the classic definition of a late bloomer. And uh, to give you an idea how far he's gone, he entered this season and depending on your, your preferred scout or projector was, was tabbed a possible second round draft pick in next in this spring's uh, NBA draft. Now that's, that's his current end point. His, his beginning point as a senior in high school, he was a guy that barely got on the floor, averaged two points, two rebounds a game had no college offers and was all set to go to college at UCF as a, as a regular dude, as a regular Joe, he's going to go study journalism. And so he gets a, he talks to some folks. They talk him into going to this, this prep Academy in Tennessee. He goes there um, and requests at his own volition to be put on a lower, these academies have different levels of teams, a squad, B squad, C squad. He has to be put at a lower level squad so he can play with the guys he's more familiar with and, and play with his friends. 
uh, one of his buddies takes some of their highlights throughout the season, cuts them up, puts them on Twitter as a highlight. And one of the assistants at Ohio University said, hey, I like this. Uh, and, and reaches out, gets in touch with Jason, and they bring him into to OU. And now three years later, he is regarded as one of the better players in the league and, and a possible pro prospect. And the, the cherry on top of this, this gigantic underdog story Sunday is, is the fact that his mother passed away while he was still, still in school, still in high school. And uh, he had to spend time living with a family friend. Uh, he's, he's gone back and forth to you know, a couple of different residences growing up. And uh, he is a kid that's just continued to believe in himself and continue to persevere and is starting to reap the benefits uh, of that belief now and what should be a promising basketball career with many, many years still ahead of him. It's a great story, and he's a fun player to root for. He's a fun player to watch. OU's had some good point guards over the year, and he certainly uh, joins that procession. Uh, interesting cast around him, though. Um, we've seen Ben Vanderplas, I know, has, has been around for a while now. I remember the first time you started talking him up before he was uh, officially on the roster. I think he was uh, like a medical redshirt or, a, or transferring. Or, um, he had the, he and, redshirted his first year, broken ankle. There you go. That that was it. So yeah, uh, it's been fun to watch him. And um, who's the big guy? Uh, Wilson. Dwight Wilson. Dwight yeah. Wilson. Yeah, he's the transfer from uh, James Madison and has delivered the the kind of ballast, the 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 the, uh, the intestinal fortitude to anchor the paint that this team needed. He's a he's a he's a classic below the rim finisher. He's got hook shots. He's got flat-footed layups he's got off-handed lay he's he's got a very old man's kind of game and finishing around the rim and i mean that as a compliment he, he takes weird angles with with shots off the glass and his touch has been phenomenal he has shot the ball better than any player in ohio history uh entering the tournament he's finishing at 65 percent. that's all shots from the field for the season and that's four percentage points higher than gary trent who you might be able to find 25 shots of his that weren't dunks when he was in, in school at OU. <laughs> but um, so Dwight Wilson, uh, the transfer from JMU has been terrific and has certainly been an all conference kind of talent this year and given Ohio something it didn't have a proven paint score. There are probably a few Cavs fans who are listening to this right now and looking at Andre Drummond's uh, field goal percentage in the paint and wishing that he might take some pointers from Dwight Wilson, although uh, he's not suiting up for the Cavs anymore. So maybe that's yesterday's news. Um, let's go around the rest of the, the bracket quickly. Who are the other teams and players that we need to know about? Uh, number one for me is Marion Jackson. Um, he's a Cleveland kid. He's, he's done well over at Toledo, a four-year starter. And, and again, he's going to have a ton of pressure on him to, to get the job done and see this through as, as the one seed with the Rockets. But, uh, one of the one of the swaggiest players in the league, and he'll deliver plenty of highlights. Uh, and along those same lines, number two for me to watch this weekend would be Lauren Christian Jackson, point guard for the Akron Zips, and um, he he is he is tiny. Uh, I don't know what his listed height is on the roster, but it's probably two inches shorter than that. Uh, quick as a hiccup. Uh, again, another crafty guy with his finishes. He will get in. He will get in deep. He will get down the lane. He will find ways to be effective inside the painted area, and it, but of course he's got that modern, super deep three-point range as well. He makes he makes the zips go. If he's on, then they got a chance to beat anybody. And my third player to watch this weekend would have been Danny P 
Pippen from Kent State. The, he's the conference's best big guy. Uh, he's he's more the classic mold type of center. He he can double 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 every night, but there seems to be questions about whether he's going to play. Uh, Kent State mm-hmm. played at Buffalo on Friday. He was a did not play coach's decision, and there's been very little information about why he or teammate Justin Hamilton did not play in what was thought to be a big game for the Flashes over in Buffalo. Um, so. Anytime you hear coach's decision, unless it's something along the lines of a death in the family, uh, you have to wonder if there's some eligibility issues or some discipline issues going on that, that may impact him for this week. And by the time Thursday comes around, he'll probably trot out there and be in the starting lineup anyway. So, But he's, he's the guy that's the classic big man type uh, and, and the best center in the league, I think, uh, by far. Well. In the meantime, we can jump on the message boards and recklessly oh, yeah. speculate as to what's going on with him. Yeah, so. I, I can offer you, you know, three or four good theories <laughs> right now, uh, but, but nothing I would put my aim to. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, there's going to be, I, I believe they announced a limited capacity. There will be some fans there. Uh, so I'll be interested to see. I, you know, I, it, I feel bad for the league in that, you know, if you look at which teams are involved this weekend, you know, and which ones are not, you probably, if you, if you were going to pick eight teams to be here, this is probably the eight you would want. It's, uh, these are programs that, you know, I, I think you've got all the, the usual suspects who would draw well, uh, are all in the mix. Um, you know, oh, you normally draws pretty well Akron, obviously. And they're the three seed, uh, you know, Toledo as well. And Kent state, of course, they're the, the four. So, um, well, I guess we're going to do some real good subscriber numbers for ESPN plus over the next few <laughs> days instead. <laughs> it is kind of, kind of disappointing because you mentioned it. Uh, you've got, you've got BG Akron, you've got Ohio, Kent state, um, uh, Toledo ball state. And then uh, the one matchup that isn't super sexy in terms of a rivalry type games, Buffalo, Miami, but you've got three really old school type of games there to, to all play one, one behind the other on Thursday could have been a could have been a great day for basketball, uh, but but again it, we're we're all fighting through this together and that's that's the max burden to bear right now with with how things have played out. We are, and you know there's there's light at the end of the tunnel, and for once I don't think it's an oncoming train uh, as, as we're dealing with all this. Uh, you know, message I keep telling all my friends is we got to just you know, we got to hang in there. We're getting close and, uh, you know, with any luck, we can get some sort of sense of normalcy here uh, sooner than later. But uh, in the meantime, we're we're going to uh, enjoy what we can. And hopefully we actually do get a, a March Madness and uh, a Mac tournament this year. And uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, Jason, your your work now covering OU is on, I believe, suacbobcats.com, right? Correct. It's a it's a one man operation, totally self sufficient. Um, and, and again, it's it's a portal where you can you can read about uh, daily news happenings with the Bobcats. You can you can read about what I'm thinking. Um, but again, it's if for right now it's a free site. Uh, but please go go click, uh, go read some pieces. Tell me what you think. Uh, but it is suacbobcats.com. If you have trouble remembering that, remember it's stand up and cheer. So S U A C Bobcats.com. And yeah. I've been doing that since, uh, since November and I uh, hope to be continuing, continue to do that for a long time moving forward. 
And my, my fellow OU alums will recognize that acronym. And uh, we'll have a link uh, to Jason's site uh, in the show notes for this episode. Does a great job covering the Bobcats. And if you're an OU fan, you know that. You've been reading him for years. So make sure you uh, continue doing that uh, this year as well, even as he's sequestered away and, and having to do everything remotely over Zoom. Uh, like so many of the rest of us in, in our jobs, uh, still doing a great job with it. And uh, if you want to keep up with uh, the OU teams, that's uh, your guy right there. Jason, every year, man, I always look forward to doing this. And uh, this was no different, even if uh, all the circumstances around the MAC tournament are. Uh, thanks, man. And uh, uh, looking forward to uh, reading your stuff this weekend. Yep, I hope to deliver a, a ton of it. And again, 12, 12 months from now, hopefully we're able to get together again in person and I can start a new streak. I, I've been to every MAC tournament for the last 15 years. That streak ends here in 2021. So uh, hopefully in 2022, we can we can crank it back up again. Let's let's mark it down now. Next year, I'm going to try to uh, find a way to get down there, and uh, we'll meet up for some of those tacos. You, you've got the uh, the inside scoop on where to go. I, I'm pretty sure I know where you're talking about. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Most <laughs> most Northeast Ohio people do. You, the taco that's, near the stadium. Uh, yeah. That's right. That's right. All right. That's going to do it for us. As a reminder, you can subscribe to The Nail in the Coffin on Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify and all the other uh, podcast listening platforms. Support us on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash WFNY. And then hit that uh, that nail in the coffin button on that page. Uh, You can back us there. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it. Our thanks once again to Jason Arkley. Uh, I'm Tom Valentino. It's been the nail in the coffin, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. We'll talk to you again soon. Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!